Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, your host. I started this podcast because I believe when we share our thoughts, our stories, and experiences, we help one another to create more meaningful lives. And I also think that an important part of life revolves around our search for meaningful connection. That seems to only happen when we get real about who we are and we authentically share that. So listen in, try to answer these questions yourself, and let's connect. I saw the movie, The Lost Daughter, and it really made me uncomfortable. And then it provoked thought. So I asked my friends to watch it too. And lo and behold, we had a conversation that we want to share with you about the movie, The Lost Daughter, starring Olivia Coleman and Dakota Johnson, and also about motherhood the flip side of motherhood, the parts that we don't always share on social media. So please listen to this special episode of Soulful Connections. And if you want to be part of a future Soul Sisters discussion, let me know. Okay, well, this is a special podcast. I am here with two of my closest friends in the whole world, Lorraine and Roseanne. We have been friends basically our entire lives. And if you're a regular listening to, listener to Soulful Connections, you have heard them both before, Lorraine and Roseanne. And we're talking, it's a special Mother's Day podcast because we just experienced this Sunday, Mother's Day, the day where we exalt motherhood and um now Lorraine yes have you seen the movie The Lost Daughter I did but it has been a while that's okay I found a while for us too anyway (laughs) well Roseanne and I watched this movie The Lost Daughter we're not together we're across the country from each other but we did talk about it and it's a great leaping off point, I think, to talk about motherhood, um, because The Lost Daughter stars Olivia Coleman as a mother. And Roseanne, how would you describe the movie? <laughs> yeah, the, the movie, Lorraine's right, it's a little confusing. But um, I think initially the title, The Lost Daughter, it's like I was so focused on that, trying to figure out what's happened to the daughter? Is she the lost daughter? Did she lose a daughter? What's going on with the daughter thing? And it's sort of, that was just looping me in to try to figure out what's going on with the title. What's with the lost daughter? But, you know, quickly coming to realize that it actually has absolutely nothing to do with a lost kid or something like that. It's just really sort of an emotional kind of loss um, that you eventually come to understand in this movie. But 
but the movie is odd and and difficult and great and i thought it was wonderful but it is thought provoking maybe worth talking about but i think a lot of women who are mothers are going to have a real different perspective on that movie for sure right I agree yeah. because I was the same. I thought Olivia Coleman, I saw her in Broadchurch and this is a thriller. She, she is in a thriller. So I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And there was a feeling that was ominous. I kind of thought mm -hmm. that looked like something was happening and what's the secret and she's covering up something. And so you know, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear anything about The Lost Daughter, although you could hear this and still get a lot out of it, but if you want to stop right now, go watch it and come back. Essentially, the ominous overtones, I feel, were, were because Olivia Coleman's character, P.S. It's been a while for me, too, wasn't feeling like she was supposed to feel all the time as a mother. She That's wasn't right. always feeling self-sacrificing and um, just at the beck and call of her kids, essentially. Um, so that really was the crux of what was ominous about this movie, because that is kind of a perversion of what we think as a society a mother should be. Yeah, yeah it was like your her... typical perfect mother, mm -hmm. you know, and like, well, I think we all feel like we're bad mothers that I feel like I'm a bad mother a lot of times, but just she wasn't, it was very odd the way she, you know, from the, and it kind of jumped around a lot. So that's when I had trouble with, you know, the flashbacks right. and everything, mm -hmm. but you right, know, she was she, flashing back to herself as a young mother with young yeah. kids. Yeah. And I was convinced they were dead or well, somebody was dead. I, I thought there was more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought there was some, I don't know what I thought. I like I said, I was very, I was confused through a lot of it, but yeah, <laughs> I thought there was something like sinister or something there yeah. with the kids. Yeah. And I think what was sinister was just, this is a woman who had a career and her husband was kind of into his own thing. And she was left as a very young mother to be at the beck and call of her kids. And sometimes she just didn't feel like it. And, um, and it was interesting in that regard, but it was also interesting when she went out with Ed Harris, a character in the film, and she went and danced with wild abandon because you don't really see any kind of a woman over a certain age dancing wildly and freely like she was doing so it kind of also turned that on its head like you're supposed to behave a certain way at certain ages but you know she was like this is who I am so yeah her character was seriously independent too like really independent she did what she wanted I mean, yeah. you know, in the movie, she eventually walks away and leaves those children. So she was really independent. And yeah. she talks about a little bit as her older self about her selfishness. And that's how she sees herself. But it was really neat for me to think about when she was younger, her reflections back 
it appeared to me that as she was an older woman, she would have done things differently. The person she was is now, as opposed to when she was in her twenties. And she seemed to reflect on that, you know, with that other young mother that she met at the beach where she would just tell her things as if, you know, almost as if to say, if I could do it again, I would have, I would do it differently. That's the impression I would often get from her as an older mother looking back. So I often think this, well, as a mother, I often think this one point, and that is that it's a damn shame we don't have our kids when we're in our 50s because I would be so much better at it <laughs> at this age I that, am that's now true. That's than I would true. have been, right, than I was in my 20s. And it's just life that has taught you and experiences that have taught you. Plus, you also have the hindsight of knowing how brief that really is, that brief that time in your life really is. And you long for it back when you don't have it anymore. So I, I just true. think it's sort of a shame how it's sort of flip-flopped, you know, but um, yeah, I, can't yeah, I would have been that because I had my kids later. I did mm-hmm. have my kids later, but I think you just need practice kids. <laughs> That's exactly right. You need I practice, think I you learned know? from my mistakes yeah. with, with my kids. So yeah, I think I would do better now because right. I know what I did wrong before. Um, or what but I even if I, I had them when I was 70, I would have needed those practice kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're right. You know, it's like, like right now, Amanda, if you had a baby, wouldn't you feel so much more confident dealing with that baby right at this very minute than you would have even when you had your first baby, even though it was later in life? I mean, I would be, <laughs> I'd feel like I mean, I, I was, to do with yeah. this thing. <laughs> See, the problem is if I had one right now, I'd be so tired. <laughs> well, see, that is the point though, too, isn't it? You know, yeah. that is the point. Yeah. That's why you can't have them older because you just can't keep up, you know. But, right. And also um, I already know what I'm in for. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what, how short it is. I know how fleeting it is. I know how um, important different decisions are. I know how unimportant other decisions are, you know, yeah. but I, what I think as we're talking is I guess when it comes down to all of this is the movie left me with, can we ever be as women and as mothers, what society expects us to be as women and as mothers? Not without help. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, Superwoman, Wonder Woman. I know we can, you know, but I feel yeah. like that's partly sometimes what is expected, you know, and not not for everyone. I do, you know, everybody's situation is different, but I do feel in general, women are expected to do the child raising, to you know, work and cook and clean and you know, put on a good front when you're exhausted from doing everything and, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, show the weak, the weak link in yourself or whatever, you know, I just feel like you have to pretend sometimes to, that you're not exhausted and dead on your feet and, you know, don't want to, you know, do something or, you know, whatever. Do you guys remember 
I don't know if you remember this and maybe I remember it vividly because my mother used to always point it out, but do you remember the Mother's Day sermon by any chance when we were younger, like year after year, when we would go to church on Sundays, do you remember what the Mother's Day sermon sounded like? Vaguely, but no, I mean, it's bringing back some kind of memory now, but no. Well, I remember it because my mother, by the end of the sermon, she refused to stand up and admit that she was a mother. (laughs) (laughs) So it was very much like they would, the priest who I really liked would exalt motherhood and proclaim how wonderful it is. And then talk about how mothers cleaned and cooked and, and gave up their lives and gave up themselves. And it was so heart wrenching that when I would listen to this, I would think, you know, I'm not sure that's for me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. One of the highest compliments you can, you can um, praise a mother for is to say that she's selfless. So in other words, we are praising a person for being not even a person for being without self. And there's something about that, that I think of course, you know, we rebel and sure. Do we rebel like Olivia Coleman did in this movie? No, I don't think most of us do, but there was a part of me that goes, oh, I see what they're trying to say. I get it. She is saying, listen, no, I'm going to sit. Even when she was laying out and they said, can you move your seat? Our family wants your seat. We want to sit together. And she said, no. And they were shocked. No. What do you mean? No. We've asked you to move. And she said, no, I'm comfortable here. It's kind of unheard of, you know? Yeah. It shows how really kind of independent she really was. And, and, uh, you know, that she does have a selfish side for sure, you know, and, and she used that selfish side at the certain point in her motherhood where she, you know, walked away for the ch- from the children for several years. Um, but you remember that one line in the movie? I remember this. She says, children are a crushing responsibility. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Like the word crushing children are a crushing responsibility. She says, and I think, well, that sounds rough, right? It does. And uh, that's not like the, the term like kind of made me cringe a little bit. Like, I feel like she Mm -hmm. felt suffocated as a mom that she just was always like people wanting stuff from her, but I mean, kids are obviously a huge responsibility an overwhelming responsibility but the crushing, that word made me cringe. I mean, part of me could see it because she did seem like she was just felt suffocated and to her, maybe it, she did feel like it was crushing her spirit and herself, like trying to be a parent. And, but it kind of is true sometimes, I guess though. Yeah, yeah it was right. Weird because I, I found myself a lot of times in this movie so angry with her. I really, it, it only got good for me in a sense, in hindsight, because during the movie, I was uncomfortable. 
I was like, pay attention to your children, woman. And Mm -hmm. I didn't like her. A lot of the movie, I did not feel a liking for her. Um, And, you know, I feel a million different ways because the truth also is that when we become a mother, for many of us, it's, you know, there's a part of it that is amazing. There is a part of it that is bliss. And it is very easy to over-identify with your kids. It's very easy to become embroiled in their every act. It is very easy to give over your life to their existence, especially when they're younger. Um, But I think at the same, by the same token, it is very easy to become completely, um, I don't, you know, I don't know what the word is, but when my kids are unhappy, I, I feel as though I failed. And that's a mm-hmm. lot of responsibility for those poor kids, honestly, because if I thought my mother thought she failed every time I was unhappy, you know, that would be a lot for me to bear. But there's something about becoming a mother that you just think you want every moment to be wonderful and you want their journey to be without a hitch. And when the hitches arise, as they do in the world in which we live, I think we do tend to over, um, maybe take too much responsibility for that. And maybe that's the crushing responsibility that she's speaking of. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, even our adult children, we all have adult children now. And yes. I don't know about you all, but you know, when, when they've made some poor choices or, I, I mean, I can't help but take that personally somehow, Yeah. you know, I can even talk myself out of it, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, you've, you didn't, you didn't make that happen. They made that choice, but somehow we, I don't know, we harbor that for, you know, for them that we are, it's our fault or it's a yeah, reflection like, on us, like maybe. If, if like somewhere along the line, we could have done something differently. Yes. As a parent, as a mom to kind of for their outcome to be different or for That's them to right. make different choices. Right. And do men think that? Do the fathers That's ever what like, I was just about to say, you literally took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't know think I'm thinking is. no. No, no. <laughs> and you know, that, that reminds me too in the movie. Do you remember the um, the one part where he's like working on his career and he's on the phone and she's got to like keep the kids really quiet and get them out of the way so we can take this very important phone call. And then she gets that really neat offer where, you know, she's going to speak as a, with a professor or somewhere out of town. And she's on this call and the kids are hanging on her and screaming and she can't even take this phone call barely, but she had to keep those kids like in line out of the way, really quiet. So he could, you know, yeah. advance his situation, but it never dawned on anybody that she could be possibly be in the same position. And I've had that too, where I've been on like an important call and, you know, my kids are little and they're, you know, they always, always come 
up to you when you're on the phone. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. is, oh, yeah. right? but it's true. And you know, it's just like, and she was trying to do everything she could to keep them quiet and out of the way and distract them. And like, yeah, she can't even take a phone call. Right. Yeah. You know, so you can see where the resentment and the frustration builds, you know, for, for women. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so interesting. Cause I, I feel like motherhood is a microcosm for the way we view women as a society, really. I mm-hmm. think that, and also, you know, build upon years of, of how we viewed women, you know? And I think that it's just a very specific role. And as our role has changed and as we've gotten more opportunities, we've not dispensed with a lot of the things that we've had to do. We've just added on Mm -hmm. to ourselves. So there's not always an equal division of labor, especially as it relates to children. Some of that for me, I can take responsibility for. I drank the same water that we all drink in this world. And I take on the responsibility. Sometimes I can remember saying to Victor when the kids were really little, no, no, you do it this way. And this is the way you do it. And Mm -hmm. this is the way you button their shirt, you know? Um, And I think that after a time, Victor probably said, okay, well, I'm going to always let her button the shirt. Yeah. Right. She knows how to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My sister gave me that advice early on. Like just let them do it. Let, let your, you know, let your husband just do it. Even if he's doing it wrong, let him do it. Because if you jump in, then they start to feel as if, you know, well, I'm not going to do it right. So why bother? So that was really good advice for me in the very early days of having my first kid from my, my wise sister who already raised three of them, you know? (laughs) So, but, but this movie, okay. We just have to talk about one thing, right? That doll. Can somebody explain that to me? Like why she kept that doll? I like that was just know. the weirdest thing in that movie. That, that was ever. very strange. And I was, get, I was so mad at her. I know. Like, I couldn't get it. I just and thought. I, I thought she was, I was like, what is Like, I was like, what is wrong yeah. with you? I think I, I mean, was even saying it to the TV out loud. Like, what is wrong with yeah. you? How did she think doll? that was going to turn out? You know, she I mean, stole the little girl's doll, everybody who's listening. And, <laughs> well, <laughs> and then she was like. I don't know. It was so disturbing, the whole doll theft. Mm-hmm. And I have my own theory about it. I mean, tell me, I, what is it? Well, I want to, I don't know. know. I could be wrong. <laughs> tell <So> us. <laughs> this is what I think. So I think she's a woman who is wrestling with intense guilt and shame about her parenting, mm-hmm. coupled with a ferociously independent streak that doesn't doesn't feel that she could have done it any other way but the part of her that feels guilty to me is the part that stole the doll because I think it was like this thing where she stole the doll and when you're little your doll is your practice baby when you're a little girl well, I'll speak for myself. When I was a little girl and I would get a doll, I loved that baby. That baby was my baby that I was going to take care of and I was going to be the mommy. So I think her instinct was, I'm taking this baby. This is my baby. 
she wanted the baby. She wanted the second chance. That's really mm-hmm. kind of what I was thinking it was. And she then, as when, as with all kinds of lies or things that you do that are wrong, she didn't know how to get out of it. And I feel like she was thinking, okay, I'll clean up the, the baby doll and then I'll give it back. But there was a part of her that just didn't want to give up the baby because this was her second chance or something. Yeah, that's the only thing that can possibly make sense, even though it doesn't, right? <laughs> like I thought that she, once she took the baby, that she couldn't give it back like she'd given up on her own kids. So then yeah, she just could not oh, that's true. to give up, even though it was a doll, it wasn't a baby, but her mind, I don't think was real working, you know, <laughs> normally yeah. anyway, that I think she just could not give up this baby after she'd given up on her own kids, you know, for that period of time. That's a good one, Lorraine. I think that mm-hmm. you might be right. I think that that might be but true. Uh, like- and maybe, <laughs> maybe she, like, she couldn't get to her daughters. So she uses the, she was using the doll kind of thing. Cause she just couldn't get to her daughters. You know, there's a couple phone calls she tried to make to her daughters and, you know, they just yeah, kind of cut her off. And so she couldn't get to them. So she was, you know, using this doll, but it really was a bizarre turn of events, in my opinion. <laughs> the doll. It was, yes. <laughs> oh, no. I just, was just going to give then, it back like a couple hours later. Like, me too, to find it. Yeah. I thought, oh, she's going to clean that puppy up and give it back. You <laughs> yes. know, but then it just went on and it's on. Going it was on. So weird. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> or at that point, maybe throw the doll out. Like, yeah, you gotta something do, with it. You know? yeah. yeah. How did she think it was going to end? You know, not good. <laughs> she kept the evidence. I know. <laughs> it's, oh, God. It's really interesting because when I first saw it, I was, I hardly ever watched something and I thought, oh, a good thriller, a, a mystery. Yeah, and I thought then, that too. It's not. When I watched, I was like, what am I watching? What is happening? Where is this going? I was so uncomfortable the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then I did see something where um, the stars of the movie were talking about the movie. And, and that combined with, you know, I talked to, to Roseanne and we were saying, you know, this is a heightened version of motherhood for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's something in this that is relatable on some level. And it is to me, what's relatable is, you know, the, um, the relinquishing of yourself, which you almost have to do when you have babies, you, you kind of almost yeah, have you, to do it. You do have to give up a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. yeah your focus has to be on them especially when yeah but even it doesn't get a whole lot easier when they're grown ups it just changes <laughs> yeah. it's true as they're little they you know they um your body is theirs everything is theirs the world is that so there's just and you know look at today I mean gosh if you look at today's world your body isn't your own as a woman you know, we're seeing almost the overturning oh, yeah. of Roe versus Wade, not to get yeah. political, but it's just, it's just an interesting time to be a woman because it's basically as though people are saying, 
your body is not yours. It exists to bear and raise children. Mm -hmm. And that's not so, you know, I, I don't think it is. And I think that there's something fascinating and yet it has, it, it has to be said for, for me, there's also this complete, you know, participation in relinquishing. I mean, I participated in it to a certain degree and I continue to participate, you know, because I, I'm, you know, thrilled by these humans and they're fascinating to me. Um, but I also know that if I live just for them, um, I'm denying myself participation in this life that I've been given. So there's That's a balance. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the three of us, we've each had three kids. We know what it's like to be absolutely exhausted, you know, in taking care of three children, especially when they were little. I mean, we would get together sometimes with our little kids and we would just be so glad they had each other so we could have a minute so we could have each other, you know, and those mm -hmm. kids could just play and then we could, you know, have our time together. Um, you know, the three of us have had that because mm -hmm. I mean, it is, and I think that's one thing the movie really spoke to well is the exhaustion of motherhood, particularly when you're trying to balance um, a marriage and a career, um, a dream maybe that you have for yourself, something that you wanted to do or learn that's either on hold or you're trying to, you know, do it um, in between all these other things. Um, like I think about the one part of the movie where, I mean, this made me crazy, but where her daughter had hurt herself and she wanted her mom to oh, kiss yes. her boo-boo, right? And she wouldn't do it. The mom just wouldn't do it. And I remember thinking, Oh God, just kiss the damn thing. Yes. <laughs> like, like, this is craziness. But, yeah. it re but I had a flashback thinking, you know, I've been there with my kids when I've had, when I've just had enough and I can't give them, I could give them one more thing, but I won't, or that I just can't do one more thing for them. And you know, it would be easy if you just did it, but it's almost like, it's almost like you it's, you're trying to hold a piece of your own worth in, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to give yeah. you this last little thing I have because I'm so dead here. <laughs> so I'm just going to hold on to yeah. it and not give you what you want. Almost on spite as if you are your own little kid, you know, but I was watching that and I thought as much as that was disturbing, it, it reminded me that I've seen moments of that in myself that I will admit appall me later, later on when I'm rested not tired, not, you know, pulled in a million different directions that yeah. I think, gosh, I can't believe I did that. Like that was not the right thing yeah. to do. Like I'm the adult here. Or say, you know yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, or say I the wrong thing. Right. You know, it's, I, I always tell my kids, I'm the same imperfect, flawed, damaged human I was before I had kids. I I just, once I gave birth, I, I tried harder <laughs> and I wish that I were more perfect than I am, but we're still human beings. And, you know, I don't know of the human being that just comes into the world. Um, 
you know, and can handle the unrelenting demands of just human beings and work and life. And it's not just, to me, it's not just about your career and your marriage and your kids, although that's a lot. It's also this fourth thing, and that is yourself. You know, it, you know, I remember my mother, I think that there's this new thing that says we aren't allowed to have time for ourselves. My mother put us down for a nap and would watch a soap opera. Mm -hmm. And that was her time. And maybe it's because I don't know if this is universal or if it's just me, but I know because I was juggling a career with kids that I would go home every day for lunch. I was not going to watch something or do something because I was like, this is my time. I have to fully engage with them. And then I'm going to go back to, so it was a hundred percent unrelenting engagement in business in them in, um, you know, my husband, my parents, you know, the, the person that I am kind of had to be left behind to a certain degree because when was I going to fit that in? Yeah. There's only so many hours in a day. That's right. Yeah, I feel like just downtime, like even, even now, sometimes I'll be like, I just need a moment to myself. Like I'll be like, just read a book or just mm-hmm. scroll through my phone or just sit and not have, you know, cause like, you know, I love having the kids home now, but even, you know, between work and Mike working from home and, you know, kids coming and going and calling and, you know, I just felt like, you know, and that's how I felt. She felt the woman in the movie, like she just did not have downtime and you can't run, like you can't keep going without that downtime. Like at some point you got to stop or else you're going to crash and burn. And I think that lady in a way kind of almost did. I Mm -hmm. think that's what self-care is. You know how everybody says self-care and then they're talking about like a manicure. Everybody acts like a mani-pedi is (laughs) self-care. You know what I mean? And to me, that's just, you know, more adornment that we need for like our basic uniform of life. But to me real self-care is actually taking time. Like you say, Lorraine, downtime. Real self-care is like, you know what? I'm going to be alone for a second. I'm going to read a book, write, watch a Netflix series, watch a movie like The Lost Daughter and get (laughs) perplexed. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to my friends and not answer you when you're talking to me you know I think that that's really important and I think that you know even this conversation there's something about you know I think we're just starting to get to the heart of it you know the we're just starting to get to the heart of motherhood and womanhood and you know haven't even touched upon the women who have not had children and what that is like in this society you know yeah um i think that you know part of what i'm starting to think is maybe we should have like monthly conversations you know it's not necessarily even 
podcast material, but it could be, but just monthly conversations where we talk about this because there's something beautiful to me about being honest about who we are, the lives we lead, and being there as a tribe of supporting women for one another. Sure, because I mean, you know, Lorraine and I, not that long ago, we both were, you know, dealing with some hard stuff. Yeah. And we didn't, we, we live far apart now. So we didn't even know about each other. Yeah, we had no stuff. idea. You're right. And, like, right. And I'm thinking, oh, Lorraine's got a good. Lorraine's thinking I've got a good. What you were going through. We did know that somebody in my, you know, yep. you guys are like my close circle of friends and had no clue everything that Roseanne had dealt with was mirroring a lot of in different ways, but same kind of situations. Right. And our um, kids are the same ages. So yeah. it's like we were, we were, you know, in the same, in the same really dif- dealing with difficult stuff, yeah. but sometimes you look at everybody else and what they're showing you yeah. is so nice and clean and perfect. And you're thinking yeah. to yourself, it's sh- like this shame that we feel that it's, it's only happening to us. And you know, and the day that Lorraine and I got to talk about what was happening, like the truth of it. And I mean, I don't know about you, Lorraine, but I, I I mean, I hate for you to be in any pain, but I just felt like you understood, like you, I just felt like somebody was there that gets it. It was such a relief because when I texted mm -hmm. you guys about stuff that was going on and there was, and you called really quick and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't feel like, why didn't I say something sooner? Like I could have come to you guys sooner, you know, before, you know, like realizing it for so long. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I just, I'm like, you know, I was, then I was like, okay, like I just dealt with this for so long. And then Roseanne's dealing with stuff and like had no idea. And I just feel like we do like kind of feel, we internalize a lot of the difficult stuff because we feel like we have to, for our families, our friends, you know, even for our husbands, everybody work, you know, we have to put on that brave, happy face. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just almost a relief to know that I was not alone in dealing with, you know, certain type of issues. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's part of um, this kind of weird shame that we feel as mothers, like if things aren't Mm -hmm. well, you know, we have, and we have this added element. Social media is really a great connector and I love it for that. But it is, like you said, Roseanne, this kind of shiny face that you see of everybody. Look at my kid just, Mm -hmm. um, you know, got good grades (laughs) or look at, you know, whatever it is that we're showing of our lives. it's not often that we say, and I'm not suggesting that we should, but I am in a mess right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we really look and think that the rest of the world is living a perfect life, but- It makes you feel alone is what yeah. it does. Uh, it makes you feel does. alone. And that was the difference when Lorraine and I connected, we didn't feel alone anymore. Right. And our, our situations were still equally as difficult, but we didn't feel alone anymore. Right. That helped knowing that, you know, there was somebody who understood 
and you know was it going to judge you for you know situations that were happening in your life you know which i think a lot of times you feel like especially you know i feel like we're a very judgmental society and yeah. you know with social media i think makes that even worse even though i do love keeping up with people you know so i love my social media i'm not going to give it up but you know, I feel like people can be just so judgmental and, you know, or also I judge myself by other people's social media. Like you said, everybody's world looks perfect on We're judging our, what did we say, Roseanne? We're judging our insides against their outsides. Right. You That's know, it's right. Good way to put and it. It's not fair. It's not yeah. right. <laughs> it yeah. isn't. It's not fair. Mm-mm. It isn't. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe because I have the Soulful Living website, maybe we can have, you know, one of my friends said, oh, Amanda, like early on, you should have soul sisters, you know, because mm-hmm. I have soulful yeah. this and so yeah. that. So maybe soul sisters could just be like a monthly um, connection. And maybe we could even have speakers or just dialogue or workshops. Who knows, you know? Um, right. but I yeah, just feel like there's something great, there, yeah. you know, because yeah. I like women supporting each other is like what gets us through so much. Yeah. You know, like that's true that I felt that I could like send you guys that text that day that, yes. Okay. They're the only ones I can really tell. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So, and I feel like having that soul sister group, I love that term just, you know, that, yeah. you know, your crew your people who yeah. you know you can talk about yeah with like which i mean we've we've grown anything. up together we we've known each other since we were children yes you know it's the good there's, the, bad, the ugly there's nothing to hide right you know <laughs> no and that's we, the great we know thing. each other's families yes. yeah. yeah right and i've gone to you guys with you know whatever humiliating experience <laughs> i'm i'm going through at the time but maybe somehow we can extend our little you know we've got this tribe which i I am so grateful for it's, it's the way I get through everything. I already know I've got these people who no matter what is happening, I know that you guys have my back, even right. if I'm wrong, you know, even if I'm wrong, I can, I, you know, cause that's the other thing. We always think we have to be perfect and that's how we'll have people having our back or supporting us. But I think we have this relationship that, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be right. Um, and maybe somehow we can extend that tribe and create this um, yeah. camaraderie for other people, you and know? A place for other people to be honest with who they are, how they feel, what they think. You yeah. know, like we have that because we, we do have the history and everything, but, you know, I'm sure that there are, you know, the women out there who maybe don't, have that or would just like a place to sometimes vent or, you know, just kind of, you know, commiserate or, you know, celebrate everything in between. Even the celebration, because the other, the flip side of the coin is that when things are great, that's another thing that sometimes, you know, I already know that you guys are going to, you are going to feel good for me when things are great. I can come to you and it's not, like I have to, you know, like what's that hide my light under a bushel? We oh, all yeah. went to Catholic school. Yeah, <laughs> I have right. to use these biblical <laughs> references. <laughs> but um, 
I think that's another way women can support each other by being there when things are great and by lifting each other up when things are great. And um, there's just something that I think we have that we can share in that respect. So, yeah, I think you're right. And by the way, Roseanne, I think that that's why when you, when Roseanne and I started with connecting her for this movie, and I think that that is why we wanted to talk about it because, you know, listen, we can all talk about how thrilled we were when we saw our kids' first steps and how their little hands felt around you when they were hugging you and when we see them graduate, how exciting that is. There are amazing moments as a parent. There is like no doubt about that. But there's also these other flip sides that people don't talk about and that that was why the movie was almost refreshing in a very unusual way because it said, you know what, sometimes it's not like that. And sometimes we feel like failures and sometimes we don't have it within us to be great in, in that moment um, or to be the moms that we wish we were or you know whatever it is. And so we have to give each other permission, I think, to not be perfect, to not be the perfect mother and to not be the perfect human yeah. essentially yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of regret i think in in motherhood it, it you know really was showing in that movie her yeah, regret about so many things you know her flashbacks of a lot of laughter and joyful moments that she had with her children and then the flashbacks of you know the times where you know she maybe would would do it differently as her older self than she did as her younger self you know, yeah, but yeah, so, so yeah, motherhood's a, a lot about, I think, regret. I mean, I certainly wish many times I would have done things differently. Um, if I had to do it again, I would do things differently. Some <laughs> For me too. Yeah. But I mean, give me a, yeah. Right. I would do a, a lot of things even before I became a mother differently. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Regret is, you know? yeah. It's your whole life, you know, there's always those parts of it in your life, but um, but yeah, the movie just gets you thinking about that. Um, yeah. and maybe that's why being a grandparent is so cool because it's like you're wise <laughs> finally, and then you get these grandchildren yeah. and you're like, you're not even tired. So you can take care of them and it just must be the coolest right. thing yeah, ever I think it is. is what I think. You know, that's everybody yeah. sounds wonderful because, you know, you're just so much more relaxed as a grandparent and, Mm -hmm. you know, as a parent, like just terrified of doing something wrong, which I did stuff wrong. Um, yeah. You know, but you just, I just felt like, I mean, as much as I enjoyed it and loved it, it was also a terrifying thing and mm -hmm. still is. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. When, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could probably talk about it every single day and we would never run out because it, you know, it really is, um, you're responsible for other human beings or you feel responsible mm -hmm. for other human beings. So first of all, you have to keep them alive. Yeah. <laughs> and right. then, you know, <laughs> and then you're supposed to present them with a, a perfect childhood and memories that, you know, they can look back upon with you know fondness but not every memory is going to be perfect because life isn't perfect um yeah so 
on that happy That's note, right. oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what I'm taking away from this is um, that it would be really fun and interesting maybe to start having like monthly Soul Sisters gatherings and maybe we could start there. Um, and then like, this is almost like a movie club. Maybe we do something like that. If we see, if one of us reads a book or watches a movie or sees a news item that sparks their thought, maybe we can talk about it. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, have sessions about that, sessions just about life, you know, like you said, yeah. different things and, you know, um, but yeah, like books and movies can inspire topics like this movie did as strange as that movie was it did you know i like it better afterwards than while i was watching it me too yeah me too lorraine that's exactly how i felt too yeah. yeah after it was over i could think about it and go okay i liked that but during it i'm like what is happening I'm horrified at <laughs> times but then afterwards when you like you said when you look back and think then you're like oh well that was because of this or yeah. you know and even the ending was strange do you remember the ending yeah, but you know, yes. And then what I found in hindsight about the ending that was that it, she was just talking to her daughter. And to me, what I thought, I found the ending hopeful because I know it was crazy, but her daughter was just like, hey, mom. <laughs> like oh, yeah. to me, it was almost like her daughter was not even thinking about any of this shame and regret and horror. She was just like, hey, mom, how's it going? There was just um, a normal basic day mm -hmm. that's how life was and you know not all that and to stuff me that me. spoke volumes in a way yeah. that's what i got from it but but no, she was I sitting agree. on the beach remember and she had been stabbed yeah. <laughs> that? Just gonna yeah. say. and by the way you can see that okay. i'm a glass half full type of girl <laughs> <laughs> but can we talk about the stabbing <laughs> So, okay. so I'm in a conversation with her daughter and she's bleeding on the beach, but everything's fine. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the thing. That should show you the stress of parenting because I'm like, she's laying on the beach, she's bloody and she's sad, but her daughter is happy with her. <laughs> so all is well. Yeah, that was all right. That's literally what I was thinking. I was thinking... Oh, shoot, her daughter's not mad at her. The, the relationship was repaired. That is where my brain was. Don't get over the stabbing. <laughs> really so weird. You're connecting with your daughter. So just bleed away and just, you know, <laughs> you're connecting with your daughter. So it's good. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch the movie again. I mean, I kind of flipped through it a second time because like you said, the first time I was, so uncomfortable i didn't know yeah. what was happening and i also kept expecting somebody to be murdered yeah me too i, <laughs> I expected too. something i was expecting yeah. something not to say horrible things didn't happen but i was expecting much worse horrible <laughs> if that's <me>. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah she was stabbed <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did love her children, right? And she does she love her children. Love that her was daughter. very yeah. evident in the movie. And one of the great parts of it was when she lost her daughter on the beach. And we, 
I don't know about you guys, but like I lost my son on the beach once he was little, like three. Yes. And as much as that three-year-old could drive me crazy, uh, there was nothing short of that horrendous panic on the beach, not finding your kid. And yep. I mean, just well, that yeah. absolute and it was imagination like run wild, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the scariest thing. It is. Yeah. And just, you know, you just, you think your heart is, is just going to break in pieces yeah. until you find them. Yeah. But, you know, then there are other times where, you know, you just want to kill them. So because they're three-year-old like, boys and they're really hard to me. <laughs> Leave right, me take care of. So, it's, but it was, it's so weighty. It's so, it's so weighty, weighty because mm-hmm. it's what you just said, your heart breaking in pieces. Mm-hmm. It's exactly that, Roseanne, because that is, they have all the power in some senses because they are holding your heart. Somehow there is this part of you that has, they're holding our hearts and they have the ability to shatter it. And right. it's not even their fault. You know, it's certainly not their fault that they, they're just trying to live their lives. But, and maybe that, maybe that's only true if you're unhealthy, but I guess I'm somewhat unhealthy because, you know, there's just, our feelings about them are such that when their lives are less than perfect, it's very painful. Yeah. Cause so you love them so much. That's right. what it is. Yeah. I mean, you just love right. them so very much. That's yeah. yeah. That's what they can't quite understand until they have their own kids. Yeah. And absolutely. then I think they get it. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Really feel their pain. Like mm-hmm. literally feel their pain. Right. Yeah. Then they get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have we solved anything here? You guys? I understand the movie a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) Great, Lorraine. (laughs) Yep. Okay, well, you guys, thank you for doing this. This was an emergency podcast, everybody out there in listening land, because Roseanne and I were talking early on about doing a podcast about the lost daughter. And then we roped poor Lorraine and our friend Linda, who's not feeling well, so she couldn't be here into it um but we basically wanted to start a start conversations um that were authentic and meaningful and i think that's the start of um of something that could be really interesting and exciting you guys so thank you (laughs) now go to bed except for you roseanne because you're three hours earlier than lorraine and i I forgot about that that roseanne's three hours back so yeah it's still cocktail hour for me you guys so (laughs) night night to you guys and I'm gonna go have dinner (laughs) okay you enjoy your dinner and Lorraine get to bed I'm gonna go to bed soon yes okay (laughs) love you guys thank you so much take care hey thanks for listening giant thank you goes out to show advisor Roseanne Griffiths the talented musician Bill Aronson who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com.